welcome to the Morbid Forest. Have you ever dreamed something so real you assumed it was reality? And after waking, you found the world surrounding you dull and muted. Nothing holds a candle to the flame of your sleeping mind, and being awake is a painful reminder you are only spared a few measly hours a night to escape to your dream reality. I don't know about you, but I was tired of living in reality. Maybe that's what led me down this path, to the trail of hairpin turns guarded by thorn-riddled bushels, to a depth my mind was woefully unprepared for, but I wouldn't dare change the outcome. Gravel crunches beneath my worn hiking boots as I set off down the winding trail leading me to my woodland home. The sweet songs of the forest packaged with the scent of recent rainfall lifts my heart skyward. I'd only held my position as park ranger for a few years, but I already felt more at home here than living anywhere else. Don't get me wrong, there are days I miss the chaos of a metropolis, but here, it just feels like the possibility for new is endless. As I round the bend in the trail, a summer breeze fans its hot breath in my face, curling the taste of pine around my bones just before the ranger station of the Northern Rocky Mountain Provincial Park peeks into view. The sun is nearly tucked fully behind the evergreens as I hop the old creaking steps heading inside. Northern Rocky Mountain Park isn't as flashy as some of the state parks I've spent my career in, and I'm all the happier for it. Nestled by alpine ridges and winding thick trails, Northern Rocky Mountain Park is for the serious nature enthusiast only. There isn't a shiny visitor center with a quaint gift shop overstuffed with knickknacks and I was here t-shirts. Hell, there is barely a road up to the ranger station. The only thing the station has is Ranger Thompson. Judging the glare folded into his wrinkles, he won't be someone sticking around to make nice. Had a nice walk? I smile not allowing his stiff demeanor to grate against my sweat-riddled skin. <laughs> yes, actually. The region is incredibly dense. Nothing like it back home. The man scoffs, nestling his decrepit ranger hat on his balding head. That's because we don't chop down every sprucling we see. Now that you got a look about the area, I'll give you a tour of the station and be on my way. Oh. We both don't man the station? Not enough funding for that. You've got this range, and I have my own. Ranger Thompson shuffles around the small entryway, and I scurry to follow after him. Park hours are from sunup to sundown. I've stocked your fridge with a few weeks' worth of groceries, and will restock you every Sunday. You'll be expected to check in each morning on the radio and sign off each night. I nod as I follow on his heels to the simple cabin. The front room is an outdated office fashioned with an oak desk older than the lines in Ranger Thompson's face. 
A dust-covered CB radio sits on the edge of the desk, various typography maps stuffed under its aged frame. We cross the left entryway into a shoebox of a bedroom and ensuite bathroom. This will be your living quarters. Across the hall is your kitchen. Stove runs on firewood. So if you need more, let me know and I'll have one of the local boys cut you up more. I take in the small bed, which I'm sure has a spring waiting to pop out at me the moment I lay down, and the single spiderweb in the corner of the ceiling. Sand spider. As long as he stays in his corner and out of mine, we'll be all right. Silly how a girl who spends all her time in the wilderness is afraid of spiders. It ain't much, but it serves its purpose. <laughs> True. I can't see spending much time here with how busy we'll be with the reforestation program to get up and running. Hmm. Thompson grunts, but doesn't elaborate. So, how many other rangers can we expect to participate in this program? I'm assuming we are the central hub, and I want to get a jump on working out the coverage maps as soon as we can. The sooner everyone has their territories drawn, the faster we can plant. I'm really hoping we can yield a large plant radius in our first year. <laughs> you really are a city ranger, aren't you? I turn towards the elderly ranger, unsure if his comment is an observation or an insult. I'm sorry? This isn't the Ritz-Carlton, Missy. This is Prophet River. There isn't a consortium of rangers at your beck and call. You got me, and my back will not last one day on your planting project. <laughs> but- I know what you were hired for, but the truth is, we need someone who will look after the mountain first. Your pet projects are second. I don't know what hook they use to get you here, but your job is simple. Answer the radio when needed, administer citations when necessary, and maintain the trails. If you have time left over, by all means, plant your heart out. Thompson shuffles down the minuscule hallway to the front door, leaving my mouth open in stunned silence. Anger bubbles to the surface, sending my feet stalking after him. When I accepted this position, I was told my most appealing attribute was my reforestation plan. The higher-ups overseeing the National Park Services in British Columbia had seen a growing amount of fire devastation over the last few years, leaving their once virile groves little more than slapstick toothpicks. Tourism took a nosedive, and in these parts, folks depend heavily on the industry. I was told my aggressive plan to protect and nurture the area was the reason I landed the job. Well, that and I was young with zero family ties to hinder me from moving to a remote area. Are there any other hidden rules I should be aware of before I start my first day tomorrow? Thompson stops halfway through the door of the cabin, his Chevy keys clinking in the falling silence. When he turns, iron eyes harden on my face, threatening my legs to take a step back. But I hold my ground. I was already lied to about this job. Might as well find out what other surprises they have in store. As a matter of fact, there are. I wait for him to continue. But he doesn't. So I fish for more. 
and they are no wild parties in the woods on the solstice. <laughs> no parties in the woods, period. You are on the job at all times when you are on this mountain. If you want a day off, you fill out the PTO submission form. Form? Are you guys just allergic to the internet out here or unwilling to put a cable line in? The elderly ranger waves off my words like a gnat. His giant foot takes a step down before he continues. I'm only going to say this once, so listen up. Don't leave your blinds open at night. Not even a crack. Keep the fire burning in the wood stove throughout the night, no matter the season. If you hear something in the middle of the night, it was most likely your imagination. Don't get any wild ideas of running off into the woods at ungodly hours chasing phantom noises. Check in every morning by 8 a.m. sharp. By 9 a.m., I will presume I need a new ranger. <laughs> Seriously? Those are the rules, Harper. Stay safe, and I'll see you on Sunday. Thompson tugs on the brim of his hat, spins on his heels, gliding down the cabin steps. I gawk at his back as he climbs into the truck, starts it, and heads back down the mountain. What the actual fuck? I settle on the bed, iPad in hand, scrolling through my pre-downloaded book collection, attempting to wind down from the craziness of the day. I stood on the front porch for a minute before throwing my hands up in frustration. Frustration with myself for being lured into superstitions for an entire millisecond. I've lived in a lot of different forest areas as a ranger and the quote, Rules are all the same. Rules birthed from the old wives' tales interwoven through cultural time. I wanted to laugh at the ridiculousness of it, but my fingers still tugged the edges of my curtain shut at sundown. Superstition or not, a warning is a warning. Besides, there might be a curious predator in the area. Even though I did my research, and I know full and well what lives out here. My mom always taught me to listen to locals. They were the ones to see the beginning, and they sure as shit would be there at the end to watch it all unfurl. My eyes drift to the corner as I set my iPad down on the tiny end table. At least the web in the corner was still empty. Maybe its occupant found a new home. The first week at the park was nothing to write home about. Probably at 8 a.m. each morning, I checked in with Ranger Thompson while I drank my morning coffee. It tasted like charcoal. No amount of creamer I dumped into it made it better. After I tainted my stomach with the horrendous icor, I picked out a trail to patrol, and each night, I sent a silent thanks to whoever invented the deep tissue muscle gun, whoever they are, 
deserves nothing short of royal treatment. The beauty of my little ranger station was the gift of location. However, it was also a curse. Every damn hiking trail was near expert level. Sure, pristine valleys sprinkled with glistening lakes existed. You just needed to hike to Middle Earth to access them. It was two o'clock on Sunday when Thompson finally showed up with my grocery delivery and a truck bed full of firewood. Afternoon, Harper. My face broke into a sparkling smile, which Thompson dutifully ignored. Afternoon, Ranger Thompson. Sunday already, is it? Would appear to be. I round the truck bed, engaging the latch to the hitch and starting to pull wood from the back. There was enough wood stacked neatly to last for three winters. Uh, Thompson? Planning on throwing me a bonfire or something? No harm in having more than you need, Harper. Besides, you'll be surprised how much you'll go through with the stove burning constantly. Would appear so. The elderly ranger scowls at my regurgitated words, prompting another saccharine smile. We make quick work of the wood and grocery bags, Thompson even arranging my pathetic fridge with minimal grumbling canter, ignoring the fact he isn't the one using it. But who am I to judge the obvious fatherly gesture? And here you go. I pass the elderly ranger a list of items I compiled for his next grocery run, seeing as the man didn't ask the first time what I wanted. He stares at the yellow legal paper, lip curled in slight offense. <laughs> oh, just take it. I promise there aren't any embarrassing items or fancy foods on it you can't pronounce. He scoffs, knobby fingers crushing the paper, then stuffing it into his breast pocket. I should hope not. If it ain't at the save-on foods up in Fort Nelson, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> I laugh because there isn't much else to say. Ranger Thompson waves, then lumbers back into his truck, taking off back down the mountain. I watch him go, promising myself I'll make a friend out of the old man. Just you wait. Three months pass in the same monotonous pattern. I wake up, radio Thompson by 8 a.m., patrol the park, close the curtains when I get home, sleep, and repeat. Sundays, I've learned, are the best days for tackling my reforestation project. At first light, I head to one of the designated regions on my map and plant until about noon, heading back to the cabin to wait for my weekly deliveries. Thompson has finally started to show some interest in my project. Even if it's only to give me pointed advice and tell me off for my bad tree seed selection. I just roll my eyes, waving him off with a smile. The old fuddy-duddy likes me. He just won't admit it. It's a quiet October afternoon 
when the axis of my world tilts. My eyes scan the open gorge below my fallen seat. For miles, evergreen firs and pines bathe in the afternoon sun. Every few miles, blonde or ginger leaf aspen spruce groves crowd greedily among their emerald cousins, their shorter stature fighting for nutrients from the quickly moving star above. I take a bite of my turkey and rice sandwich just as a branch snaps behind me. I gasp and whirl, my sandwich rolling to the forest floor. Damn! So sorry. I didn't mean to scare you <laughs> or make you lose your lunch. I clutch my head laughing <laughs> as a young female hiker steps further into the clearing. It's so rare I run into people, aside from Thompson. The mountain range is massive with numerous trails. I'm surprised rangers are even needed in this region. It's not like we can provide much help when someone gets lost because, truthfully... We wouldn't know they were lost to begin with. Counting the woman standing timidly in front of me, I run into five people in the three months I've worked for the park. And each time, they've managed to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I'm sure a bear will be happy to find my remnants of my lunch later. I stand dusting phantom crumb from my fingertips and cross the small clearing. The young woman laughs sheepishly at my joke, her honeydew eyes filled to the brim with apology. Again, so sorry. I saw you and, well, to be honest, I haven't seen a soul for miles. I was beginning to think I crossed into some weird backcountry or something. No, you're in the main portion of the park, but it's all basically built like backcountry. I've worked here for only three months and seldomly come across any hikers. Was there something I could assist you with? Help you find the path or trail you're looking for? I put my best ranger voice forward. Back home, I utilize my customer service voice regularly, greeting in droves of visitors a day. Whether it was giving trail tips or holding ecology classes, the amount of people I tended to daily was in the hundreds. Now I just felt like an awkward middle schooler on their first day having to introduce themselves to a room full of judgy preteens. Actually, yes. I parked my car down at the Prophet River Wayside a couple of days ago, making my way across the river and finding some nice trails up the mountain. But I think I took one turn too many. I was resigned to live in the forest until I stumbled across you. <laughs> wow, that's quite the trek. Yeah, a bit ambitious, now that I say it out loud. <laughs> Just a tad. Well, don't you worry. My name is Ranger Harper, and I'm here to help guide you to where you need to go. You are in luck, actually. The trail you are headed on leads down towards the river and to the Prophet River parking area. Only thing is there is a quick fork in the trail leading to the lot. If you miss it, you'll end up hiking to the ranger station and other areas of the park. There are a lot of turnoffs in that direction, so you're lucky you ran into me. Otherwise, you'd be circling the area for days and not even know it. Come on, I'll take you to the fork. I need to head back to the station anyway. Oh my god, thank you so much. I don't know what I would have done if I had to spend another night out here. 
honestly the creepiest forest I've ever camped in. <laughs> I laugh as we start down the trail. My voice pings across the valley, scattering a few jays from their pine nests. <laughs> yes, these would certainly take some getting used to, but you can say that about any forest. I guess. It just feels like something's been following me for miles. Are there any predators in the area? Mm, the usual suspects. Bears, cougars, and wolves, but relatively keep to themselves. I'm very familiar with the region now and hike every day from sunup to sundown without issue. Oh, well, that's a relief. I brought a can of bear mace with me, but I'd probably end up spraying myself rather than the bear forced to use it. We both laugh, <laughs> falling into easy conversation as we hike together. By the time we reach the fork in the trail, I have learned my companion's name is Alexis from Saskatchewan. She's on the last half of her backpacking trip through British Columbia. Her plan is to drop down to Vancouver before crossing the border and heading down to the U.S. We part ways with a hug, promising to follow each other on Instagram. I knock the dirt from my boots when I reach the quiet ranger station. The sun disappeared two hours ago, and I'm grateful I brought my pack with my headlamp. Crickets and fireflies serenade me along the path, leading up to my semi-permanent woodland home. I haven't hiked after nightfall in the park, and for all of Thompson's grumbling about staying out of the woods at night, it's quite calming. My heart skips off the front steps to roll to the dirt. The trees around the cabin zipper their lips, straining their ears alongside my own as a scream stills the night. It... it couldn't be. Alexis! I heard of the last step, thrusting open the cabin door, nearly sliding across the desk in my hurry to grab the CB mic. Tower 4, Tower 4, this is Tower 3. I have a Code 3. I repeat, Code 3! I pant over the radio, my lungs hurting with each expanse as precious seconds tick by. Come on, come on! Tower 4, copy. Harper, what the hell are you talking about? Thompson, I need you to be here now. Meet me at the fork of the Sunbeam Trail. I've got screams coming from the trail. I, I think, I think it's Alexis. I'm going out to check. Alexis? Who the hell is Alexis? Harper, you aren't making any sense. Ain't nobody dumb enough to be up in the park after dark. Sorry, I ran into a hiker today, Alexis. She's a bit lost, and I took her to the fork near the station that leads back down to the profit lot. I heard screams when I got back to the cabin. We have to go look for her, Thompson. We're wasting time. I told you, stay out of the park at night. That's neither here nor there. Are you coming or not? Stand down, Ranger Harper. What you heard was most likely a lone cougar. They have a tendency to sound like people screaming. It's how a lot of people get lured out into the middle of nowhere at night. You say you partied with this girl at the fork by the station? It ain't more than a 30-minute walk, give or take, from there to the lot. This girl is most likely long gone by now. But The radio crackles over my words, Thompson's voice booming loud against the cabin walls. Harper, you will not go out into these woods alone. Now. I will come up tomorrow, even though it isn't Sunday. And if you still feel the need to go on a wild goose chase, I'll come with you. 
But I'm no use to you tonight. Sleep, Harper. Make sure your curtains are drawn. If it really is a cougar, it's most likely looking for food, and the station will be the first place it goes poking about. Do you copy? I hesitate a moment, my lips nearly severed from my constant nervous sawing. Was it a cougar? My scrambled brain allowed Thompson's seasoning of doubt to ferment my thoughts, pausing my rescue drive. Harper, do you copy? Uh, uh, yes, um, affirmative. Good, good. Get some rest. I'll see you in the morning. Over. The radio dies in my hand, and I stand there for a long time, wondering if I made the right decision. The sun is peeking over the trees by the time Ranger Thompson pulls slowly into my makeshift driveway. Sleep was an evasive bastard last night, leaving sandbags under my eyes. But my mind was wired with rampant thoughts of the girl from yesterday. It felt wrong following Thompson's instructions last night. However, I hate to admit the old ranger was right. I was no good to her if she was injured, running around in the woods, in the dark, alone without backup. The slamming of Thompson's rusted truck door shakes my worry from view. If only temporarily, I set my cold coffee on the step next to me, rising to meet the disgruntled ranger. Come on, let's get this over with. I frown at the man as I cross the space. Get this over with? Are you fucking kidding me? Hey now, I understand you're worried, but there isn't any reason to use that language at me. I'm here to help you. I could have kept my old bones at home. Lord knows it's where they'd prefer to be. Now, are we going or not? I take a deep breath in, then nod. Just because I'm angry with myself doesn't mean I need to take it out on the old man. He's right. He didn't have to come out here, and judging by the limp in his gait, his body would prefer a nice rocking chair as opposed to a Rocky Mountain Trail. The forest was silent today. Normally, hawks and other birds played overhead while scouting for food. With our high elevation, wind tended to dance along the tree branches mingling Mother Nature's song into one peaceful soliloquy. However, today was different. There were no songs in mid-composition this morning. Nature knew exactly what we were about to find. We were one bend away from the parking lot when Thompson's arm shot out across my chest, my body ricocheting off his toned arm with a loud oomph. Jesus, Thompson! I shoved the old ranger's arm away, my mouth open to remark on his quick movements, but the words skid to a halt in my throat. Crimson ribbons streak across the faces of the trees leading down to the parking lot. Scraps of fabric and flesh lay like confetti after a birthday surprise in the hair of bushes and along the arms of the trees. 
skipping my heart back the way it came. But it's the copper tang coating the base of my throat that sends my stomach contents racing to the surface. I turn and vomit next to the trail. When my stomach finally clears, I run a shaking hand over my mouth, not daring to turn back toward the scene. A hand claps on the back of my shoulder, and I scream, having forgotten Thompson has stood silently by my side this whole time. Let me walk you back to the truck. I think we could both use a beer in town. I watch as condensation from my beer skips down the side of my glass, adding another bead to the many in the current puddle my pint sits in. Ranger Thompson sits across from me, his faded ranger hat resting between us watching our awkward silence. After we discovered the shredded remains of Alexis, the old ranger escorted my catatonic frame to his truck while he called the sheriff. I watched in a haze as emergency teams came and went, my mind not taking anything in. All I saw were the pieces of Alexis scattered like forgotten trash along the trail. I should have. I should have. What? Helped myself into the grave with her? Could I have done anything besides end up dead like Alexis? A small voice inside me argues. There was a chance. An infinitesimal possibility my presence could have altered the outcome of Alexis's fate. But the question remains. What the hell actually happened? Well, it's a fucking shame, you know. Yep. I reckon we have some time until the next one. You fucking relief if you ask me, though, eh? Yep. Ain't seen nothing like that since that Sally girl was found. I suppose we won't have much activity around here for a while. Yep. I swivel in my seat, catching sight of the two men sitting behind us. They have the same look as the bar around us. Worn, tattered, and had seen better days. Both dressed in lumberjack plaid and competing for most beer bottles accumulated at one table. The pair looked to be a stapled fixture in this weathered establishment. However, it was the resolve lining their tone which raises the hairs on my arm. Don't pay them any mind. They don't know what they're talking about. I jerk back to Thompson, a look of disdain etching deep grooves into his wrinkles. Do you not hear what they're saying? Obviously, this isn't the first time this has happened. If that's the case, we should be investigating this. This- Ain't nothing to investigate. I told you, it was a freak cougar attack. A fucking cougar didn't do that. And we both know it, Thompson. I turn back to the men, surprise etching my brows when I find both staring back at me. Hey, uh, Ranger Thompson, didn't see you there. Bradley, Walter, you boys ain't driving tonight, are you? Awful late to be out on such a night away from your wives and children. The boys in question appear to only be roughly ten years Thompson's junior, give or take. However, it didn't stop the abashed looks to crawl across both men's faces at his words. No, sir. We was just finishing up. Weren't we, Walt? Yep. Wait, just wait. 
What did you mean when you said you won't have much activity around here for a while? The men hesitate, their eyes flashing wildly between the walls of the bar and Ranger Thompson. There's more here than they're letting on. I think it's best you boys head home. I have to take Ranger Harper here back up the mountain. It's getting late. Relief washes over the two men as they nod and scurry out of the bar without another word. Come on, Harper. Let's get going. I rise, holding my fury at bay by mere millimeters. Something is wrong in the Rocky Mountain Provincial Park, and I'm going to find out exactly what it is and put a stop to it. No one else is dying in this park on my watch. passing weeks were some of the most frustrating of my entire life. Thompson and I were no longer on the best of terms. We fought like a divorcing couple the entire ride back to the cabin. I know he's hiding something from me. A person doesn't live and work in this area for their entire life without knowing about the history of the area, about the happenings shaping the environment around them especially when it's such a small town. Sunday delivery day has become the most awkward exchange in recorded history. The man won't even look at me anymore. Just pull in, drop off my groceries and wood, and then head back down the mountain. I'm trapped here. Trapped in a luscious timberwood hellscape. At least the scent of pine is still comforting, but not by much. As the sun sets each night against my cedar prison bars, I can't help but think, I, I might die here. Funny how death has other plans for me. Three months ticked by as I circled the drain of Alexis's death. I walked her final trail so many times. I've worn a trench into the soil. From my memory, she was torn with brutal savagery. I was positive no animal alive was capable of such mutilation, which left the only other possibility. She was murdered. But why was the town covering it up? Fear, perhaps? Fear of being known as a murder forest? Fear of the killer? Or killers? Hell, maybe they're just afraid of being turned into a Netflix docuseries. I even went as far as walking myself to the bar one weekend to question the locals. That did not go over well. The hostile looks, zippered lips, and outright ignoring were enough to chase anyone away. Anyone that wasn't me. I peppered folks with questions until the bartender kicked me out. Kicked me right to the curb where Thompson was waiting for me. Fucking snitches. 
We rode back to the cabin in scorching silence, the flames of our anger running phantom beads of sweat down my spine. As we round the bend, Thompson explodes. I told you to leave it alone. And I told you? That wasn't good enough. What the fuck are you hiding, Thompson? Or should I say, who? How many other people have been murdered on this fucking mountain? Language, Harper. Oh, fuck you, Thompson. What are you, my fucking grandmother? I will not tolerate foul-mouthed candor from a subordinate. And I will not tolerate liars and people who harbor murderers. But I guess we both aren't fucking getting our way in that regard. As my words fly across the dash, Thompson's foot slams on the brakes, my body jackknifing forward against the seatbelt. Dim, tawny beams outline the steps and small porch of my woodland abode. Nothing is out of place, and I turn in my seat, ready to demand an explanation, then stop. Thompson's knuckles are white with strain, the old leather of the steering wheel cracking under his agitated force. I told you to keep your blinds drawn at night, did I not? My brows tighten at his question. Yeah, so? I left before dark. I can close them when I get inside. The elderly man shakes his head, his body shaking as he puts the truck in park. Listen to me very carefully, Harper. On my mark, you are going to get out of the truck and run for the cabin. Do not look back. Thompson? What's... what's going on? You're starting to scare me. Good. You should be scared. Healthy dose of fear will keep you alive. You're right. There is more to these woods than I let you believe. I thought it best to keep you in the dark. I still want to. But unfortunately, now we are up the creek and about to cascade over the rapids without a paddle. Just remember the rules. Don't look back. If you hear something, it was your imagination. Get inside, close the blinds, and hunker down. I'll do what I can to drive it away. Draw what away? You aren't making any sense. Just, just tell me what's going on. It's too late for that. You'll find the answers in my cabin, top drawer of my desk. Protect this forest with your life, Ranger. Do you understand me? I don't know what to say. Opting to nod my head, Thompson doesn't look at me, eyes staring ahead at a threat I don't see. Slowly, the older ranger stretches his arm behind his seat, producing a shotgun. What the fuck? What are the rules? If, if, I, if I hear something, it was my imagination. Run and, and don't look back. Keep, keep the blinds closed at night. And keep the fire burning, no matter the reason. Good luck, Ranger Harper. I'd say it's been a pleasure, but we both know I'd be lying. A nervous hiccup laugh tumbles from my lips. I still don't understand what's happening. The forest around us is quiet. Quieter than nature should ever be. Now! I wish... I could tell you the reason I listened to Thompson that night. I was so furious with him for months. Worked him up to be the corrupt warden of my forested prison. 
I swore every night I'd uncover the atrocities lining these woods. I'd bring all this town's dirty truths to the light, starting with whatever Thompson was hiding. Yet I threw all of my feelings for the situation out of the window at the sight of Thompson's fear. So I ran. My boots pound against the dirt of the driveway, my eyes locked on the front door of the cabin. A thunderous roar slams like a gale force wind into my back, almost knocking me off course. The nape of my neck itches with the compulsion to turn around and face the source of the blast. The driver's door of the truck creaks open, the crack of Thompson's shotgun splitting the night air. Don't you dare turn around, Harper! I hadn't realized I stopped running, the toes of my left boot at a perfect 90-degree angle, my right not far behind its companion. The truck door slams home, recharging my escape effort. I vault the stairs up to the cabin door, hurdling myself inside. I race around the small space, yanking the curtains tight, not allowing a single iota of light to seep through. When I finish, I creep to the front, my hand on the knob, but I don't twist it. I allow it to rattle in my hand, my forehead resting on the tarnished wood. I expect to witness a grand showdown, even a movie hero monologue I'll recite to those who ask. But I should have known Thompson wasn't the flashy exit guy. He takes his cue from the wind, an unbreakable force capable of both tenderness and ferocity, and always knowing when its time is done. Three blasts of the shotgun ring through the night before the screaming starts. I curl against the door, my hands pressing with brute force into my ears, knowing full well his screams will live in my head for years to come. I call the sheriff in the morning using the CB radio. I do my best to keep my eyes on the ground as he escorts me to his cruiser for a ride to Thompson's cabin. However, it's hard to ignore the mingled scent of pine and iron in the air. My boot lands in something viscous and gummy, sliding my heel skyward, allowing my ass to land with a wet splat. Pieces of my dye-deficient pink locks fall into my lashes, causing me to brush them away without thinking. A streak of something cold and sticky lances across my eyebrows to my hairline. I freeze at the sensation, my stomach relocating to another zip code. In slow motion, my hand comes away from my face, my palm ticking upward to reveal the source of the moisture. A scream knocks against my throat. However, I manage to thread words past the ear-rupturing bomb awaiting in my trachea. <clears throat> Sheriff Hanover, is there... Is there pieces of... of brain matter and blood in my hair? 
The green pallid officer nods his head, then produces a white handkerchief from his breast pocket and hands it to me. I stare at the offered item for a moment. The events of my time in the park crashing down like a tsunami, and I do the only thing possible when faced with such soul-shattering force. (laughs) I laugh, because what else is there to do in such a morbid place? This has been a Morbid Forest production. And on this week's season finale, you've heard The Protector, written by Naomi Richards, with narration by Naomi Richards, Ron Hyatt, Jordan Hollingsworth, Kyle Bone, and Landon Wisnat. Our theme music for season four is For I Have Died Long Ago Inside This Place by Valentine Wolf. Interested in hearing your voice or your story on the next season? Then send your submissions and your inquiries to themorbidforest at gmail.com. You can also find our submission guidelines on our website, which I've linked down in our show notes. Follow us on Twitter or X, Instagram, and on Discord to stay up to date on all the happenings within the forest for season five. Interested in more morsels of the forest? can't get enough and are sad that we're ending this season then head over to our patreon as a faithful traveler you'll receive exclusive access to early episode releases a bonus series titled the ranger files and deals on merch for only three dollars a month that's patreon.com slash the morbid forest did you love this season then leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and help us find more travelers out there just like you Thank you, thank you so much for supporting us and listening this season. Sean and I always remain amazed that we have so many listeners, not only in our home states, but ranging far and wide across the globe. We hope you enjoyed the horrors we crafted for you this season as much as we loved making them. The wheels are already turning in both of our minds for season five, so don't run too far because we'll be back before you know it. And don't fret, this is only the beginning of your look into Ranger Harper's past. We have more to reveal in the upcoming season. For now, sit back while we slumber and prepare for your deepest walk into our forest yet. But until then, take care and we'll see you next season, travelers on the Morbid Forest. <laughs>